across Tampa Bay, can we give Jesus our best praise, our best worship? It's a big deal. Man, what a great time for us to be together. Stay standing for just a minute, and I just want to greet you. My name is Aaron Burke, and I am so glad that you are joining us at one of our seven locations that are joining us right now. You are in the midst of a miracle here at Radiant Church that we are just seeing God do so many amazing things. And I'm telling you, it's a big deal that you're at church today. Radiant, thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up at one of our locations. And we always honor this group, but I'm telling you, it's a big deal today because I know there's a bunch of them that are joining us at all of our locations for the very first time. Welcome. If you're church shopping, the church shopping's over. You found your church home. Radiant, give it up for our guests one more time. Let me give you a little vision before you're seated of where we're going the next couple of weeks. We're gonna close out a series today and then we're gonna get into Easter um, and just some standalone messages over the next couple of weeks leading us up to because three weeks from today is Easter Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. So let me tell you what we're doing as a church so that you can be prepared and invite your friends and your family. And uh, we do a special one hour uh, Friday night, Good Friday service that is powerful and you don't wanna miss it. And it's going to be at every one of our locations. We take communion together during that one hour. It's a lot of worship. It's an amazing time just to get our focus on Jesus, on the cross, on the sacrifice he paid for us. So you want to be here for that. And then on Saturday, we actually start our Easter services. So at South Tampa, we only have one service that Saturday, and we will pack it out here. So get here early. So we'll be here Saturday night. And then Easter Sunday, all of our locations, multiple of our locations are adding services. We're adding some services here in South Tampa. Some of our other locations are adding services. So don't go by your normal service time. You got to go by the service times on um, Easter on the website. And uh, let me just say this. We add a bunch of times because uh, your friends will come if you'll invite them. The stat is that 85% of people who invited will come to church if you just will invite them. So that's eight out of every 10 people if you just invite them. So we, we're resourcing you. And here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that this Easter, this is the one that we're going to see so many lives change for eternity. People who are really far from God, we're going to give them Jesus this Easter. They're going to hear about redemption in Christ. So I'm excited about it. Are you excited about it, Radiant Church? It's going to be great. All right, fist bump your neighbor. You can be seated. Thank you, Radiant Worship. Thank you. We are in part two, the finale of a kind of a series that we have been doing called Overdue, where we are looking at all things financial health in your life. This is uh, in 2022 is our year of health. We've been talking about giving, living in such a way that we live as healthy as possible. So we talked about our spiritual health in January. We're going to talk about our relate. We talked about our relational health in February. Then we're talking in March here about our financial health. And after Easter, by the way, we're going to dive into mental health. And we're excited about that. Really help people live free. But um, I'm, I'm pumped about it. And if you ever miss a message, I know our church, a lot of you guys have been traveling. People are going to be traveling through the summer. Here's how you can never miss content right here is that you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So I know there's probably a lot of you guys that are watching this right now because you heard this on YouTube. So I want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't done it yet, that is your homework right now. Subscribe to YouTube. So if you ever miss a Sunday, you could still get the content. But I'm really pumped about this message. I'm going to get real practical today of how to, you can walk in real financial freedom and walk in financial health. And I titled today's message, you can take your sermon notes out and follow along with me. We are a note-taking church. And here it is. I'm going to give you the four choices that you need to make to create a financially blessed life. Four choices 
to create a financially blessed life. I, want, I really believe that God wants you to have a financially blessed life, but there are some choices that you need to make to live a financially blessed life. Now, if you're visiting with us, let me just preface this, that I'm not a weird, like, prosperity preacher. I'm not going to be, you know, taking up an offering after this and passing the buckets again. That's not what we do. All right, that's not what I believe. I actually think that's kind of a messed up version of the gospel. Jesus did not come and die so that we can be rich. Let me be very clear with you. He came and died so that we can have life and life to the full, and freedom over sin, and death, and the grave. Can I hear a good amen today, church? That's why Jesus came. So I said it clear. But at the same time, there are principles in God's word about money that if you apply them to your life, you will live a financially blessed life. In the same way, there's principles of how you can have a blessed marriage. In the same way, there's principles of how you can have your children be raised in a certain way. There's principles all throughout this. And actually, hear me out, there's more talk in these scriptures about how you handle your finances than prayer and faith combined. So the Bible has a lot to say about our finances, but we have to be very careful with this because some of you guys, when you hear the idea of a financially blessed life, you sit there and you get all excited because you think, oh man, this is my one time. I'm going to get rich finally. And, and, and really, you got to check your heart. Check your heart in this because listen, your goal in life should never be money. Your goal should be God. And if the goal is financial gain, you've got something else on the throne of your heart. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way, our, heart, our hearts have room for only one all-embracing devotion. And we can only cleave to one Lord. So hear me today that the goal in this thing is not to get rich. This goal in this thing is to get God. Get his principles in your life. But when we pursue God, when we pursue his plan for our life, there's a way that he wants us to live that's different. Uh, Martin Luther said it this way. I think it's unique. It's not in your notes. He says it this way. There are three conversions necessary. There's the conversion of your heart. And if you've never given your heart to Christ, you can today. Then there's the conversion of your mind. We got some stinking thinking that needs to be transformed, and you got to change that. But then the third conversion is the conversion of the purse. And I thought that was interesting. You got to learn how to do your money God's way. So we're going to help you with this, and I really believe God wants this over your life. Why? Proverbs chapter 11 says it this way. If you're in our Bible reading plan, we read this about a week ago, and it says it this way. It says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. So there is a celebration amongst Tampa Bay when radiant church members prosper. You've all had that one friend that, you know, got a little extra money, and they were like, you weren't celebrating them. You were like, oh, this is the worst person to get some money. But, but the world, the world actually celebrates when righteous people prosper. And then the crew says, it also goes, the wicked perish, there's shouts of joy. So listen, you can be celebrated one way or another. You're, you're celebrated when you die if you're wicked, and they're like, woo, it's gone. Or you're celebrated while you're alive if you're wealthy, because then you can do something with it to make a difference. So, so let me help you with this. So there's a question that you've got to understand that when you hear this idea of financial blessing, because before I give you these things, I'm going to help you have more. I'm going to help you grow in this area. But before you get it, you got to set a precedent for your life. And here's the question I always ask myself, and I think it's a good question for you to ask yourself, even as you get blessed. And here's this question is, what is the more for? What is the more for? So you got, you got to, 
out of debt, you're starting that debt snowball, you have some extra money, what is the more for? When you, when you live in such a way you got that bonus, what is the more for? When you get that raise, what is the more for? When you have your sales increase, what is the more for? And as Christians, we understand that the more always deals with us being a blessing to the world around us. Why would the city rejoice when the church is blessed, because we are not making it about us, we're making it about the world around us. Can I hear a good amen today, church? So we say all that to preface this idea that I want you to be financially blessed. And I believe there's four principles throughout scripture that if you apply them to your life, you will walk in financial blessing. And when you do, remember what the more is four. So let's get into them. Number one, simply this. If you want to be financially blessed, you got to choose hustle over hoping. you got to choose hustle over hoping. Some people have a hard time with this because you don't like to work. Work is a dirty word for you. And you're sitting there going, your pastor's telling you, you got to work. Like, work hard. And some of y'all are like, oh, that's terrible. That's, that's the result of the fall. Your job. Your boss is not a consequence of sin and the fall. Just want you to know that. Actually, we had jobs, humanity did, before the fall. Before Adam and Eve fell, God gave them work to do. And by the way, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be some babies, little chunky babies with wings on clouds, you know, just sitting there playing the harp. That sounds like hell to me. No, the reality is when you read the scriptures is we will have a job in heaven. So you were created to work, so you've got to learn to get a little hustle in this thing. Some of y'all have what I call snow white Christianity. Now, y'all might not remember Snow White. Snow White is one of the very first little princesses where she would go to the well and she wanted to get married. And she went to the well and she'd say, and this song, maybe you can help me out with it. She'd go, I'm wishing, and then the well would sing back. Do y'all remember this? She goes, I'm, uh, let's try it. I'm wishing. And then she'd go, for the one I love to find me to, today. And that's Snow White. I, I, that's, that is, that's what I think a lot of you guys live with today. So let's practice it. It's like, I'm wishing for a new car to find me today. And, and that's how you live your life. It's some of you, I'm wishing for my debt to be gone. Erase my loans. Government. And you wonder why you're not getting ahead because you're hoping instead of hustling. Some of you guys got to learn the art of rolling up your sleeves, get there early, stay a little late, put in some work ethic to get further along in your career. It's not one of those things. Listen, we are all about praying. You pray for it. And then you work hard and you do your part in this thing. And I'm a firm believer that when I hear about Radiant Church members that are workers at Publix and they're workers at Amazon and they're at uh, Tampa General, I should always hear it followed up with, and they're the best workers we have. 
the best employees we had, the best managers we had. Why? They're running the best companies we have because we work in such a way that we understand that we're not just hoping for success, we're going to hustle for it a little bit. (laughs) Paul says it this way, those who do not work shall not... Some of you guys, y'all wouldn't have eaten in a long time. You wouldn't have eaten in a long time. Now, that doesn't mean we don't take care of the poor. It doesn't mean that we don't care of, take care of people who, who cannot work. It means that we live in such a way that, as for me, I'm going to learn hustle. I'm going to learn to show up and do my part and put in more than everybody else. I saw this whole little documentary thing on Elon Musk, and they were asking him how uh, his, his sleep schedule and he, you know, he's like, oh, I sleep anywhere from four to six hours a night. Sometimes it's just on under my desk while I finish working at two o'clock in the morning. And I was a little convicted. And I was like, well, first of all, it's probably really unhealthy for your family and really unhealthy, you know, rhythm. You, you can't sustain that. But then I thought, man, he probably believes in his mission a lot more than we do. And no wonder you're the wealthiest man in the world because you just got a lot of hustle in there. So I'm not telling you to, to, to forsake your family. I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm just saying, when you work, here's the action item for today. I give you an action item for each of these four. It's simply this, work hard. Yeah. Work hard. Do your best to work hard. Proverbs 14, 23, here's the biblical principle. It says it this way, all hard work brings a profit. How much hard work? Oh, you got to shout it out every location. How much hard work? Now that's important. That you know that, men they might not recognize you, but God recognizes it and will bring a profit in your life. So listen, but mere talk, that's some of y'all, you got a new idea, you're just hoping, you're spending your whole life just scrolling on Zillow. <sighs> man, that house one day would be nice. You're dreaming. You ain't ever going to buy a house that nice. You're living in your parents' basement right now. Get off Zillow and get a job. That's a word from God for someone today. Because all talk leads only to poverty, poverty. Proverbs 12, 14 says, diligent hands will rule. So you want to get promoted in your job. You want to get promoted in your, in your uh, whatever your environment is. You learn to be diligent. You learn to do your best. But lazy ends in forced labor. Some of you are like, that's my job right now. You know how you got there? So change your way you work. Be, have work ethic. And you go, well, my, my boss is a jerk. We've all had terrible bosses. Come on, let's, let's show a show of hands. Unless your boss is sitting in this audience. How many have had a bad boss in their life? Come on, right now. Some of you work at Radiant Church. I just saw their hands raised. <laughs> if any of your location pastors at your location just raise their hands, just text me. All right, let me know. We've all had bad bosses. That doesn't mean we have the right to not put our best into it. Colossians tells us, right, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. So let me just tell you, you're not working for them. You're working for him. So work hard because he deserves it. Can I hear a good amen today? So you're going to choose some hustle. We're going to get some stuff done. Number two is how are you going to have a financially blessed life? You're going to choose a plan over passion. The problem with it is, is a lot of your spending decisions are passion decisions, not planned decisions. Like, why did you buy that? Well, it felt good. Just these clothes, they felt good. They feel good. And I I know I can't afford it, but it feels good. You, You just got that new car. I know you're in debt. Well, it felt so good when I sat into it. No wonder when you get there, what do they do? Hey, come, come just drive it. Come just sit in it. 
Why? Because we're we're a culture that goes by our feelings, and that's why we're trapped in debt and we're messed up financially. Why? Because we go by passions instead of instead of simply a plan. Why did you take that trip? Oh, it felt good. It just looked great. I don't know why. Why did you buy a boat? It feels so good to be on a boat. Listen, is it part of the plan or is it just a random passion? Why did you get that coffee? It was $6. You're trying to get out of debt. And you're like, but it just, I, when I walk with the coffee, I just walk different. I walk with confidence. I feel good. You've got other issues. Listen, we don't live by feelings. We live by a plan. Jesus said it this way. Suppose one of you wants to build a Build, build a tower. We used this verse last week. Suppose when you, you want to do something, you want to construct something with your life. Won't you first sit down and look at this phrase, ready? Estimate the cost. What a difference the world would be in if you would sit there and go, I'm going to actually think about what I spend before I spend it and, and see if you have enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, look what he says. He gets real. Everyone who sees it will ridicule you and say your mom is ugly. It's not in there, but you can get the idea, all right? And your mom's not ugly, by the way. Beautiful. She's beautiful. No, no, it says, they'll ridicule you and say, this person begins to build and wasn't able to finish. In other words, this person didn't think it through. So here's your action item. Ready? Ready? We're getting real practical today. Action item, get on a budget. I know that's like a really, really bad word for some of you guys. But when's the last time you sat down and go, where did my money go and where will it go this next month? Where will it go? Can I map it all out? If you want a simple one, here's a real simple one. It's called the 50-30-20 principle. 50-30-20 principle is very easy. It's simply this 50% of your money goes to necessities. This is your tithing, by the way. That's a necessity. You give to God first. You have your housing, your transportation, your insurance. 30% to your wants. This is not in your notes, but somebody might want to write this down. 20% 20% is going to go to debt elimination. And once you eliminate your debt, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go to savings. Then you're going to get into investing. And why? Because you live by this principle. You're going to find a budget that works for you. Here's what a budget does. Write it down. A budget helps you make financial decisions without emotion. So then you're able to say this phrase. Because when, when you want to buy it, you go, oh, but the budget said no. The budget said no. It's not he said no, or she said no, or I said no. It's no, the, the budget's in charge. I, I did it. Now, I have discretionary fund, but if it's not, I can't. If, it's, if I use that money up, I can't. I just can't do it because the budget tells me no, and now I'm not making emotional decisions. We're going to help you guys get financially free. One of these ways, and I announced it last week, over 500 of you guys have already signed up, so it's amazing. Here's what I want you to do. If you are not planning on attending, you need to come tonight, and it's on Zoom to our Financial Freedom Seminar, and we're doing it tonight and tomorrow night. It's not two different classes. It's one class that'll happen over two different nights, and you need to be at it. So if you don't have, uh, if you're not signed up already because you can't get the link, if you don't sign up, sign up right now. Take that phone out, scan that QR code because we want to see you there on Zoom at 7 o'clock tonight. Why? Because we're going to walk you through how to create a budget so you can walk in financial freedom. You get on a plan, guess what's going to happen? Then you are going to get financially blessed in life, and I believe it's what God wants for your life. I gave you enough time to sign up. Number three, let's do it. Choose discipline over debt. Oh, nobody wants to hear this. Like, Aaron, just talk to me about faith to, to get everything without working for it. I know. 
That's what everybody wants. But some things in life just take some discipline. And a lot of the things you're going through right now is because it wasn't that it was not a planned purchase or not even a passion purchase. A lot of you are in the situation you're in because of some plastic purchases that you had in your life. You just swipe and you're just going, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll pay later. And you're never thinking about the result that eventually I'm going to have to get around to paying for this thing. And here's what happens when you get into debt. And I want everybody to listen up to me because I'm so anti-debt and I want to eradicate our church from it because I think you'll be a blessing to the world around you if you can get rid of debt in your life. And here's what happens when you get in a debt is you end up never being able to invest in your future because you keep paying for your past. That's what debt is. You're paying for your past. You're paying for stuff that you didn't have discipline to wait for, so now you're working backwards instead of forward to what God has for you. So let me give you an example. So you, want, you buy a little house and you're all excited you want to go get a couch. So instead of saving up and waiting for a couch, you go and just buy a couch. So let's show you the couch you just bought. Oh, how beautiful. Look at that couch. That's stylish. That's nice. Can we guess at all of our locations? Let's throw out some numbers. How much is this couch? Come on, throw it out. 1500 two grand. Anyway, one dollar. <laughs> it rises right. All right. Uh, come on, keep throwing it out. Anybody else? All right. All right, I, I heard someone close to it, someone close to it. All right, this couch, if you go to the store right now and find it at your local um, Haverty's, wherever it's at, is uh, $3,000, $3,000. That's, that's a nice couch. Come on, here. You're buying a fancy couch. You want everybody to know about this couch, but you didn't save up for that money because that might be what this, this couch is advertised at, but that's not what you're going to pay for the couch because if you actually buy the couch with a pay, credit card and you're going to pay the minimum uh, payments on this couch, your $3,000 couch is no longer $3,000. It's $8,190. Now, I don't know about you, but that ain't an $8,000 couch right there. It's not an $8,000 couch, but that's what you paid for it. And you're paying for it for years and years and years. Why? Because you didn't have discipline. You chose debt over discipline. And it's about time we learn to get ourselves free from this. This is why Bible, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, it says, the rich rule over the poor. So you're getting a bunch of people wealthy. They're living in way nicer places than you are. And here's the one reason. It's simply because they chose discipline. You chose debt. And you're paying for their lifestyle. How do you, why? The borrower is slave to the lender. That's what we talked about last week. You're not called to be a slave to anybody. You're called to be living as a servant under Christ, not a servant to Visa and MasterCard and, 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 and Toyota and whatever else has got you in bondage right now. So you got to get free from this. And here's my desire for Radiant Church. Ready? Here it is in Romans 13. Let no debt remain outstanding. That's a phrase for you to live by right there. So I'm going to live in such a way I don't want any debt in my life. I want to eradicate it out of my life. And watch how that choice will get you to live a financially blessed life. And then Paul adds, accept the debt to continue to one, love one another. And I think that's a great way to live our lives, that we're not going to owe any company anything, but we're going to live our lives to bless everybody else. Can I hear a good amen today, church? So here's your action item. Ready? Action item is you're going to radically cut your expenses and pay down your debt. If you missed last week's message, I showed you how to do the debt snowball and talked about how you got to find $200 extra. And some of you guys are like, there's no way I can't find $200 extra. So I thought I would go even another step forward to get even more practical with you. So it's in your notes. I'm going to show you how to find some extra cash 
right now. And this will be help you guys because some of you guys, you, you want to be blessed, but you got to do some work for it. So here's some discipline you can do. So I'm going to give you 10 of them. They're right there in your notes. We'll go through them pretty quick. Here's the first one is you got to cut some coupons. All right, now this is easier than ever before because guess what? You can Google them and you can find them. Now this is coupons, not Groupons. Coupons save you money. Groupon, you spend money. You never planned on spending, by the way. <laughs> Nobody goes to Groupon going, oh, man, I really needed that, you know, that, that you know, random massage. massage. Thank you. All right, whatever. No, no, no. You're, that's not what it is. You're, you're going you're to cut some coupons, and you're going to use some coupons for a while. And no shame to that. Here's the second thing is you're going to buy some used clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, my family, thank God I'm not buying new clothes for my five kids. I can't afford that. We, we, all their clothes are, are consignment. We're going to find it, consignment clothes. Why? Because just they're going to run through it. They're going to grow it, outgrow it real quick. Save some money. Put some money away. Use can, do consignment stuff. Go to a thrift store. Watch how your life will be blessed. Number three, you're going to eliminate some streaming services. you got eight of them. You don't need all eight of them. You're going to eliminate one or two. Find a friend that you can share. No, 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 don't do that either. Don't do that. Your pastor didn't say that. Your pastor did not say that. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> We're a church of thousands of people with four streaming services. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Here's another one, ready? You're going to eat at home. By the way, not only will you get healthier eating at home, but you're going to save some money. You're going to learn to live in such a way that you're going to make some food. You're going to stop going out to eat all the time. Here's your, fourth, your next one is you're going to pack your lunch. And by the way, packing your lunch the estimate is over the, the life of your work, if you pack your lunch every day, you'll save $120,000. $120,000. That includes purchasing groceries, bringing it to, to work instead of going out to eat. $120,000 is just a lot of cash right there. Here's the next one. Let's, let's get a little convicting. We're about to close this thing out. You're going to cancel your fancy coffee. Now, I know that. That's That's tough. That's tough. But some of you guys, let me tell you, you can buy your fancy coffee eventually when you get out of debt, when you get free, when you're a blessing to the world around you. But some of you guys, you're not there yet, so stop going through the drive-thru. I mean, some of y'all felt super guilty. You were looking around your shoulder this week as you went through Starbucks. You're like, my pastor's not going to see me, right? Like, (laughs) you're going to do that. You're going to find ways to save money. Here's the next one, is you're going to sell your cat, all right? So that's there. (laughs) It's not even, it has nothing to do with the list. I just, I don't even know how that got in there, but that might just be a word from God for somebody today, all right? That's funny. All right, let's go to another one. All right, the real one is you're going to order your groceries online, all right? So what is this going to do? It's going to remove impulse shopping for you. And by the way, that doesn't mean you get your groceries delivered. You can get your groceries delivered when you get out of debt and you get some margin, but until then, guess what you're going to do? You're going to order them online, and you're going to go to the little pickup thing. It's the best thing that's happened in the last couple of years, where you pick up, they load it all up in your car. You know why? Because then you're not walking through the grocery store going, oh, I want that, and I want that. You, you were going to go in there for $26 worth of groceries, and you come out with $75 worth of spent. Why? Because you're impulse buy, so you're going to order groceries online. Here, here's another one. I'm just being real clear with you. Is you're going to get cheaper or free hobbies. So you're going to find ways to, listen, you don't have to pl- play at the best golf courses. Play at some public courses. Learn to, learn to get, you know, some cheaper hobbies. Some of you guys just got expensive hobbies. Some of you guys, for being in so debt, so much debt, your kids are like in way too many things. 
Like they can play basketball at the public park. They don't have to go up to the next league after league after league. Some of you guys, it's like we're in this amusement park and then this amusement park and this amusement park. Here's something you can do. Take your kids to a park. <laughs> Boom, right? Right there. <laughs> Here's the answer. Share a car. Share a car. I think this is so practical. Some of you guys, listen, you're, you're even working together. You're driving separate there. It doesn't make sense. Just, just share a car. One of them you got dead on. Sell it. Pay off the debt and then save up some money. The money you'd spend on Uber to get to and from a place when you can't get a ride would save you so much. You'd still be way under what insurance and maintenance and stuff is on a car. Share a car. And here's the last one is get a side hustle. Find a way to just make some extra cash. Some of you guys in your 20s and 30s, you're sitting there like, man, you've got a little bit more time, a little bit more margin. Hustle a little bit. Take up that extra job. Pay off the debt. Watch how you will see yourself financially blessed in life if you choose some discipline. Which, by the way, if you want more on how to get out of debt, here's a crazy thing that we are offering you. Right now, you can go and you can sign up for a financial freedom seminar that starts tonight at 7 p.m. We want you there for it. Are you learning something today? Say amen. Number four, let's close it out. You're going to choose generosity over greed. Four uh, financial principles that will help you live financially blessed. And the last one is choose generosity over greed. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Remember the question that you ask every time you get more is simply, what is the more for? What is the more for? And if you've been blessed in the past and you've gotten some extra money and you've got an extra gift or you've got some inheritance... What did you do with it? Because if you didn't spend it wisely, I wonder if that's the reason God's not giving you more because you chose greed over generosity. The, our life is such a, in such a way that we are to, it should be the default of our life, who can I bless, not what can I keep. Now, I do believe God wants you to be blessed. I do believe he wants you to buy the nicer house or that, that boat or that go on that vacation. I'm not against nice stuff. I'm not against you having nice stuff. I'm against nice stuff having you. I'm against you living just gripped with greed where it's all about what can I get for me, for me, for me. And I believe if you'll change that in your heart, guess what the Bible says? A generous person, guess what they're going to do? They're going to prosper. Remember the whole point of today's message is how do we live a financially blessed life? Well, you become a generous person. So here's your action item, and this is the one I'll close, you, close with, is find ways to be a blessing. Find ways. Find ways with friends and family members. Find ways in your community. Find ways within your church to be a blessing. You just find ways to be a blessing. And watch how, as you give out, God will bless your life. And some of you, you're so tight-gripped on your finances that you can't see God's blessing in it because you just don't know how to give. And so walk in blessing in this. And by the way, our church, I think the reason some of you guys are so radically blessed is because you're always looking for ways to be generous. I put it on my social media a couple of weeks ago. just want to brag on you guys as a church about um, the issue in Ukraine and how my heart was just wrecked for the refugees. Two and a half, three million now refugees have left Ukraine. And so I said, we have to do something. So I said, wouldn't it be crazy as a church that if we, we raised, you know, $100,000 before Easter? And let's just throw that out there. I throw it out on social media. Within 24 hours, $50,000 would come in. As of last week, middle of last week, over $100,000 has come in. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Why, why are we so blessed as a church? Because we're so generous. 
So live your life in such a way that that is the way you look. You look for ways to be generous. This is what Paul says, and we'll close it with this. You will be enriched in every way. You're going to be blessed in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Listen, your, your business will grow. You, your the, your you know, in, investments will go to the next level. The sales will go so that we can be generous, so that we can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity, here's what it's going to do. It's going to result in thanksgiving to God. So the result is not that they're going to look at you. The result is that they're going to look at God and go, wow, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. And that is why, to tie it into the beginning of the message, that is why a city rejoices when the righteous prosper. Because guess what? They're rejoicing because they're going, God is good. God is with us. The poor are being taken care of. The the widow is being ministered to. Those who are struggling are taken care of. Why? Because the church is blessed and the church knows what the more is for. It's about making a difference in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. I'll close it out with this story. I have been working with my kids the last couple of months on their finances. So um, we don't give our kids an allowance for living in, at, their, at our house because that's called, the, their allowance is called food and a house and whatever else. So my wife and I put together this thing because I'm, I'm really adamant. Like this is a very passionate subject for me about helping my kids and helping our church live in such a way they know how to deal with finances. So I, um, I said, Katie, we got to come up with a plan where they work extra throughout the day. They can take on certain projects to work extra to make some money every single day. So every day they can make a certain amount of money. This is just my two older kids, my nine-year-old and my seven-year-old. And they can make a certain amount of money. And at the end of the week, on Sunday, um, Sunday night, we'll get together, we'll add up all the money they get, and we'll, we'll, we'll pay them. And so we're all excited. We put together this whole thing. I found this really cool app that um, you can research on. There's a bunch of apps where it's all a digital allowance. I was like, I don't want to give my kids cash. It'll all get lost. We're going to do it digitally. So I brought them all together. We outlined the first week, and, and I showed them. I said, okay, so here's your thing. And actually, it comes with a little debit card. has their name on it. It's all real cool. Like, they're all pumped. So they got, they got paid first. I said, okay, kids, this is what we do with our money. The first thing we do, what do we do? We give God our first. So, so what campus do you want to give to this, this Sunday? And so my kids, they, they're always in different campuses. So for a few months, it was always Clearwater because they're, they're praying for a Clearwater campus. And so, so Clearwater, there were some weeks you got an extra 60 cents. You might not know about it. That came from the Burke kids right there, just giving their first. All right, now, now they attend the Heights most Sundays. So the Heights, you're radically blessed with that extra, I think last week it was 72 cents, to God be the glory. So that's what they got. All right, that's what they got. So we give, we give their first 10%, and they, they do it. I make them actually go on the app and show how to give, and they put it, their stuff in, and they give it. It comes out of their debit card. I think it, I think it helps them. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to train them of how to handle money God's way. Then the next 10% is what, my, uh, you know, Katie and I do. It's, it's we give our next 10% to investing. So we find ways to long-term invest. So they've got about $3.80 a piece in their long-term investment account. It's, it's racking up right now, okay? They're ready to retire. It's not about the money. It's about the principle. Training them, training them, training them. And then they have the rest of the money that they can spend whatever they want, no questions asked. And I'll tell you, in the last couple months, they haven't spent one dime of that other bit of money. They walk around that debit card. I'm like, you could spend anywhere. They're like, I don't, I'm just like, it's a big deal. It's their money. You know, they keep asking us for stuff. I'm like, no, you spend your money. <laughs> I'll tell you, say this. I think it's important to train them in that way. But I don't want them to think that their ability to survive or whatever is going to go off of what they can do. Because let's be very real. Let's be real. Despite their behavior, despite what they go through, 
despite their bad week that they have. I'm not going to sit there and go cut off the water, cancel the food, have them sleep outside. I'm a good father. And I want to bless them based on their obedience, but I'll take care of them no matter what. So I need someone to hear this today that you feel neglected, you feel abandoned, you feel messed up. There's some biblical principles that can help get your finances in order. But let me tell you something about our Jesus. He's a good father. He wants to take care of you. He will provide all of our needs according to his riches and his glory, not based on our obedience, but based on his goodness. The Bible's very clear, never have the righteous been forsaken or his children begging for bread. We serve a God who will take care of us. He will provide for us. So no matter what you're going through right now, you lean on him, you rely on him, and watch how he'll come through for you. Can we give him some praise today? Amen, church. Let's close this up. I want to pray for you right now at every location. Would you close your eyes? Nobody moving around. There's two groups of people. First one is you're, you're struggling financially. You're struggling. I want you to know God loves you and he's going to provide for you. Some of you guys, you just got to apply some financial principles to your life. What's the Holy Spirit telling you to do with your money? Just listen to him and be obedient. What is that, that thing that you're doing in your life? What is that passion over a plan? What is that debt over discipline that you're doing? What's that even hoping over hustle? Just make a decision right now. Say, God, I'm going to change. I'm going to live my way, my life in a certain way that will line up to your principles. And just commit to him right now. With every eye closed, every head bowed, there's one more group. And it's a group of people that do not have a relationship with God. You're far away from God. I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life. But because of our sin, your sin, my sin, we've all sinned. Because of our sin, we have been separated from God, separated from his purpose, separated from his plan. So what do we do about it? We need a solution to our sin. We can't do it ourselves. We can't give enough money. We can't help enough people. We can't, we can't do enough good deeds to get ourselves out of the mess we're in. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to this earth, died a horrific death for your sins and for mine, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again on that third day overcoming death, hell, and the grave so that you can have a new life, have a fresh start, and be forgiven. Now the ball's in your court. It's your moment to say, today's my day. I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. And I believe God will meet you right in that seat, whatever campus you're in. This is your supernatural moment of an encounter with God that'll change your life forever. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to respond by saying, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Christ. And I'm going to ask you to throw that hand up. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to point you out. But I do believe that God will meet you right there as soon as that hand is raised. As an act of faith, I'm giving Jesus my life. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up if that's you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many hands. Thank you there, Brandon, North Tampa, Clearwater Heights, St. Pete, online. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever.